Welcome to episode 220 of the Energy Talks podcast. I'm energy and climate journalist Markham Hislop. Local governments are playing a key role in the energy transition. They create land use and zoning plans that clean energy projects must navigate. They issue permits and building approvals. They often build and are responsible for local infrastructure that are very important to clean energy projects. So in this episode, I'll be talking to Martin Puchterek, CEO, CEO of solar module company Helene, about why it's important for energy companies to build strong relationships with local governments. So welcome to the interview, Martin. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me. Well, you are headquartered in Ontario, but you have offices in the U.S. So much of our conversation is going to be about what's going on in the U.S., but we also want, you'll also, uh, we can talk about Canadian local governments as well. But my my impression, and we'll get to this later, we can talk about this later, my impression is that it, local governments are less involved in the energy transition in Canada than they are in the U.S. But I want to talk, I want to start this conversation, Martin, with, because, and especially because you're in, you're a solar module company, and that's been one of the industries that the American government has targeted as part of its reshoring initiative under the Inflation Reduction right. Act and and in and other legislation, other bills. So how how has that affected your company? I would say, you know, positively, right? So your question has affected positively, but you know, what it has really affected is demand. The demand for the product we make. Um you know, the U.S. industry, the U.S. demand for solar products uh, has been growing for the last, you know, 15 years, irrespective of who was in government, right? During the, the Trump administration in those four years, solar grew, you know, despite what many might think, simply because the economic decision, the financial decision on, on installing solar as a way of power generation, it has been, you know, a financially sound decision. Simply because, you know, capitalism works, particularly in the US. So uh, um, um, the US has had uh, an investment tax credit that developers have been able to use for many, many years. You mentioned the Inflation Reduction Act. That's a measure that the Biden-Harris administration put in place at the end of August of 2022. What that has done is basically increased the level of investment tax credits that power developers do obtain. Um, and, and that is what has helped. My impression from talking to many other companies and analysts and economists about what's happened uh, in the last, you know, year plus since the IRA, but not so, not just the Inflation Reduction Act. There's also the Infrastructure Act. There's the Chips Act. There's also the sorts of legislation. And then you have uh, state initiatives. Some states are very very active, like New York and and California. Is Amer Americans woke up, and in fact. There's a very a speech I often reference on this podcast, which is uh, November of 2022, Secretary of Commerce Gina Riamundo uh, gave a speech, 
And she said very clearly, and she said it in other places, and, and there are others within the administration have said this. She said, COVID taught us not to rely on China for supply chains, for energy supply chains. And we woke up to that and we decided, and not only that, but China has emerged as the great, you know, the, the next big geopolitical competitor to the US. <clears throat> and they the Americans understand that, that clean energy uh, technology is going to displace fossil fuels over time. They can't be frozen out of that industry. That is it's literally an industrial revolution that they can't be frozen out of. And so, you know, I mean, this is the way the Americans do things. You know, they, they want to be number one. They find their number two or three. So they pour a ton of money into it and they go at it hard. That's the American and way. They, they, right? have been, they have been doing it since the end of the second world war. That's exactly right. This is yeah. this is the what this is what the Americans do. Is, is the is what I just said borne out by your observations of what's going on south of the border? It is, and the, uh, from the industrial policy point of view, for the reason you mentioned, but also it is because that's what voters want. So, as as the you know dinosaurs, and I I, I mean you know older people like myself uh, are. Um, you know, on, on the way down and, and younger generations become voters, the younger generations are more attuned with climate change and the effect of power generation and particularly fossil fuels on climate change. So as as the, the younger people become the voter, politicians have to basically think on what are the things that the younger voters, will, will, which will become 100% of the voters soon enough, care about? And climate change is one of them. So you have the confluence of three things. On one side, the, the you know, just political situation and what you mentioned, and industrial policy required to, to do that. The second one is what the voters want and how you cater as a politician to that. And the third one is, that it makes financial sense. The renewable energy is cheaper than any other, you know, older alternative. So those three together is what results on what's going on. When you're talking to American customers, and I, and I have to admit, I don't know uh, a lot about your company. Maybe you could give us just a little, you know, what kind of solar modules do you produce? Are they for rooftops? Are they community solar? Are they utility scale they, solar? They can be used anywhere. So a solar module is a solar module. How you use it is what changes, right? <clears throat> the type of, of um, the, the type is is not the question, is how many and where do you put them? So Helion in particular concentrates on, I would say 80%, on ground mount applications. So these are solar modules that are installed on trackers uh, on fields and 20% go on industrial and commercial large rooftops. So Helian doesn't make solar modules that are installed in, in houses. Can, can your company, I, I think it's, it's an axiom that China China dominates the solar module uh, manufacturing and has benefited from economies of scale uh, so that prices, their, their costs are lower. Uh, can your company and others in North America 
compete against the Chinese product? We've been doing it since 2010. So the answer is yes, right? So we have been competing with, with Chinese made and the Chinese proxy, right? So Canada has an anti-dumping and countervailing case against China since 2015. The US has had it since 2012. That has, over time, uh, developed uh, a proxy industry uh, from where Chinese companies manufacture and export um, in countries like Vietnam, Cambodia, Malaysia, and Thailand. So we've been competing face-to-face -face with those forever. So you know, we are the best example of how a North American-based company, so we manufacture in Canada and in the US. We have also manufactured in Vietnam since 2017, and we moved that to other countries uh, like India um, in early 2022. Well, that's that's fascinating. So I would take from your comments that you're pretty confident that uh, as North American uh, governments, particularly the Americans, move to reshore industry and uh, solar modules is one of those strategic industries that they want to make sure that there's there's uh, ample manufacturing capacity uh, in the U.S. and in company countries with which they have free trade agreements like Canada. That mm -hmm. you can you can scale up to to meet that demand that the industrial policies uh, are in the process of creating, and, and the Inflation Reduction Act is triggering that scaling that you refer to, right? So we've been slowly growing with a private company, a Canadian private company. Uh, we've been scaling. We we um, uh, built our first factory in the U.S. in 2018. Um, yet another one in 2022. And right now, right this moment, and by November 20th, 2023, we'll start up our third line um, uh, in Minnesota. So we have practice, you know, besides Ontario, in Minnesota. And Minnesota is one of those states that is at the forefront of, of uh, um, the, the energy transition with a, um, a plan approved by Congress, by the state Congress, to be net zero by 2040. Well, that's interesting. Now, you know, Minnesota borders Manitoba. And uh, uh, when I lived in Manitoba, grew up in Manitoba and went down occasionally to play hockey in Minnesota. Yes. This is back in the day, as they say. And uh, I would not have guessed that Minnesota would be a leader in this, but uh, well, good on them. But maybe that's our segue into local governments and and mm -hmm. state and state governments. Why are local governments important to the energy transition? Because they manage the, among other things, the the you know the permitting, right? So uh, uh, and they are related to transmission. And they're related to to you know many other things, and and they match the federal funding, right? Um, uh, no different than the provinces in Canada have uh, jurisdiction on you know education and and power generation. The states within the U.S. as well. Yeah, we just had an example here in Alberta, you know, a couple of months ago, where a deeply conservative government that's very much uh, doubling down on oil and gas and the United Conservative Party and Premier Danielle Smith, actually for really, you know, only responding to pressure from her, her political base, 
put a seventh month, seven month moratorium on wind and solar development for no real reason. I mean, there was, you know, concerns over land use and reclamation 25 years down the road and, you know, that sort of thing, but nothing that couldn't have been handled by the the regulator in its, you know, existing processes. This, this was entirely uh, political. And so local governments, uh, one of the lessons I think we can take from that is that local governments, uh, you know, can, can, speed up the energy transition they can facilitate it but boy under certain circumstances they can impede it (laughs) no doubt and uh, um you know i'll I'll make two examples uh to to emphasize on what you're saying one is because uh, 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 power generation and renewables and climate change is a political football in north america while it's not in countries like germany italy or spain Right in Europe, climate change and, and renewable power generation is agreed by everybody. It's a bipartisan agreed policy, and particularly after you know the invasion of Ukraine and the access to and the let's say prevented access to natural gas from Russia, the Europeans understood very clearly that they had to be independent in the power generation, and you know they they have accelerated the speed at which um, they are installing renewables. But again, when you look at the the policy of the German parties on elections, renewable power generation or oil and gas is not in anyone's platform because that was discussed and agreed 50 years ago or, or 45 years ago, right? And here we are still, you know, in a bipartisan, do we agree with climate change or not? So, you know, as Canadians, we don't think twice about healthcare. However, in the US, there's a bipartisan disagreement on, you know, on on who should pay for healthcare. Can you imagine, you know, having that discussion in Canada today? You'll be lynched. (laughs) Yeah. Well, right, but it, it, that's exactly the same. So why nobody in Canada, no political party, comes and says, "Well, you know, let's take away healthcare, privatize it." Nobody would do that because there is bipartisan agreement that that is not to be discussed. Yeah, well, I think I think that's a I think that's a really good comparison. It, it's a settled issue, and therefore governments yeah. uh, now. You know, I know that there's some folks in the audience are going, hey, 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 wait a minute. Some of the provinces are backing off on that consensus, Alberta being one of them, a big announcement coming today. Uh, But nevertheless, I think it's fair to say that up to recently, there's been a very settled consensus for 50 years, six, maybe even 60 years in Canada. And and if the if the and I think China has that same kind of consensus and other Asian countries do as well, like you know, uh, and and Europe certainly does. And what that does is it, it gives governments and to some extent uh, the industry uh, social license to move and to move quickly. And as a result, I mean, China, you know, started this 20, 25 years ago, investing heavily in clean and, you know, in solar module manufacturing and wind turbine manufacturing and batteries and the supply chains and all of that kind of stuff. And of course, they did it a lot of it from, with central uh, government planning. 
Um, but nevertheless, there's a consensus uh, about this that we don't have. And, and I worry for Canada in particular, because the Americans, what Biden did with the Inflation Reduction Act is he hauled the U.S. Uh, energy industry and the energy conversation into the 21st century. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, yeah. we need to do this or this is the next industrial revolution. We are not the leaders. We are Americans. We need to be leaders. And so we're going to go at this hard. Meanwhile, yeah. Canada is taking its usual muddling through approach to things. Well, yeah, but, you know, the, the, the premiers and conservative premiers in Alberta and Saskatchewan and Ontario don't like it. And so they they throw up roadblocks and take the federal government to court and they do all. Meanwhile, Quebec and B.C., embrace it and and do very well i mean this is such a canadian approach to things but this is such a profound change in the global energy system that that the, the window we're missing to, out. yes we're the win the window to act is closing yes. and we even moving. you know you know sorry to interrupt the federal budget approved in april of 2023 brought in an investment tax credit for power for renewable power generation. Where is the regulation on that? Where is the legislation on that? We are already in November and we don't have it. Yes. Right? So you might have heard that last week or, or the week before, um, the NDP and Green Party um uh, publicly asked from from Minister Freeland to to accelerate that. Uh and the response was yes, this is very important. <laughs> Yeah, we know it is. By the way, where is the regulation? So all of these investment tax credits uh, start, you know, being available January first, twenty twenty four. However, with no regulation, nobody knows how to use them. Therefore, yeah. they won't be used. So th this is yet another example where, you know, we should walk the talk. Yes, and I let's haul this back into lo into local government, which is the topic we're supposed to be discussing today is regulatory frameworks really matter uh, when you're for this energy transition in, in particular, regulatory frameworks matter. So they matter at the national level, they matter at the state and provincial level, and then they matter at the local level because all of those governments have different responsibilities and the, they need to kind of mesh all of you know the regulations and the requirements. Companies that are you know making you know companies like yours that are making uh, investment decisions worth millions and millions and millions of dollars, they need to know what kind of a an environment they're working in, right? Correct, of course. Uh, and listen, I mean, we we keep on asking finance and uh, um, in Canada the Ministry of Finance and the Ministry of Innovation, Science and Economic Development, formerly known as Industry Canada, for where is the regulation? And the only response we get is, well, we'll get it soon. What about working with state and local governments in the United States? Uh, are oh, they... it's much easier. Okay, so they've, they've, they've already made the political and, and cultural yeah. mental shift and now they're changing their systems to make to facilitate investment by companies like yours. Because basically the only thing they want is job creation. And this industry, as you said before, 
because it's the latest industrial revolution, brings them. So states like Ohio, which is a conservative state, right, is, is calling us, is emailing me once a week saying, you know, how can we help? How can we help, you know, for you to get settled here? Right? Every state is doing that. So we were able to get funding from the state um, uh, to pay for the manufacturing line that we started in 2018. We were able to get approved by Congress a grant and a loan to build a $12 million U.S. building in 2021 that, you know, it took us 11 months to build to, you know, duplicate uh, the size of our manufacturing base in Minnesota, right? So when you look at, you know, the, the, the legislative session um, of 2022-23 that ended last June, and you will find that Minnesota passed more legislation in one year that many other states have done in a decade, basically to improve industry attraction in the energy transition. Is there's an awful lot of discussion about red tape in in Canada? Has been over the years. I remember decades ago we were talking about you know mm -hmm. red tape production. And and uh, and now I keep coming back to Alberta, but Alberta has been doing the same thing. Except they they reduce the red tape for oil and gas development and increase the red tape yeah. for for clean energy development. The exact opposite of what the Americans are doing. So when you're working with local governments, because you you've now built plants in the U.S. in different states, right. have you seen that those local governments have? change their regulations to do away with as much red tape as possible as possible to make your job easier and quicker i would say yes in general right um and what i see is that um even when you have you know a divided congress where you know the house is on one party and senate is on the other one that actually they work together because they both want job creation so and it's irrespective of what you manufacture. So what we manufacture is, you know, it's the engine of the energy transition, but, you know, it, they will use it in their own benefit, politicians would, but at the end, they can work across the aisle to, to basically attract industry and investment, and they do it very well. You know, they move very fast on it. Canadian government, whether it's provincial, or or federal uh, is is just uh, you know extremely slow. What about local government in Canada? Um, are they also behind local governments in the U.S. on this on this topic? I would say so. You know, we, we our you know I mean Ontario, the Ontario government um, is very timid to to you know being a conservative government is very timid to support uh, the energy transition, even if it implies job creation. So we have applied for, for you know, um, within job creation related uh, uh, funding opportunities in Ontario. Ask me again in six months to see whether we got anything or not. Yeah, it's, 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 it's fascinating to me. I mean, when the Ford government, when Doug Ford and the, the, the <clears throat> PC government uh, came into power, Six, five, six years ago. Yeah. One of the first things they did is tear down wind turbines. You know, and yeah. and they've been and they and they've been very reluctant in the they've only put in an energy planning process in the last year. 
and they were they very they they prefer gas. They've made that very clear. Gas and nuclear, uh, and uh, very little wind and and solar. They it's like they're allergic to it. And here we and and then further west we've got again. I keep coming back to Alberta. The Premier Danielle Smith openly talks about as if it's a fact that wind and solar are are high cost and they're unreliable and they you you know will freeze and in fact. They the Alberta government recently was hi highly criticized for for paying eight million dollars for an ad campaign in the rest of Canada, talking about how wind and solar are are going to lead to you know people freezing in their in their homes during the winter. Well, you I mean this is bizarre. Pardon? Look at Texas. Yes. Look at Texas. Right. So Texas, you know, produces more uh, oil and gas than than Alberta, and <clears throat> Texas has exceeded the volume of solar power generation and wind power generation of California, right? And, you know, on, on a yearly basis in 2022, and it right. will do it again in 2023. So Texas has become the mecca of power generation with solar and wind in the US. So, you know, why do they do that? Because it's a good business decision, it's not political. Uh, well, that's exactly, and you can understand, I, probably our listeners know this, but for anybody who doesn't, um, the ERCOT, which is their system operator, uh, is is not connected to the to grids outside of Texas. And it, ERCOT yeah, covers about 85% yeah. of Texas. And and so they need domestic generation. If, yeah. if, they, have a, if they have a problem and they're short, uh, you know, their reserves uh, uh, are, sh their uh, power generation reserves are short, and you know, in lots of other states with that are connect, that are interconnected, they have interties with other with other states, and they have markets. Uh, they can go to their neighboring states and 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 buy electricity uh, on the market and to cover their shortfall. Texas can't do that, for the most part, and so it has to have domestic generation. And and you can kind of see where wind and solar are being low cost and and quick and easy to to uh, to uh, you know, get projects up and running. I mean, it just makes perfect sense, even though, you know, mm -hmm. Governor Greg, Greg Abbott regularly rails against it. Nevertheless, they're building record amounts of it. Well, you know, listen, Trump did the same. I mean, he was talking about supporting um, coal in his campaign, but then, you know, literally never happened, right? Because what he was installed um, more than anything was renewables during those four years. It, it, that is such a fascinating difference between Canada and the U.S. The the politics, the, the political rhetoric, the you know even some of the legislation that comes out of places like Texas are so anti clean energy. But you know what? This reminds me but of it still happens. But it still happens. Right financial decision. Yes, it, it happens. It happens because Americans want to build businesses and create jobs and make profits. Yeah. And I, I remember. Uh, about five or six years ago, uh, American economist uh, Mariana Mazzucato wrote a book. And the thing that stuck with me about that book is she said, do not listen to what Americans say. Listen, look at what they do. Yeah. And and they, ha they have all yeah. of that, you know, small government, uh, you know, pro-market, pro-capitalism, all of, all of that. She says that, you know, government in the U.S. de-risks most Tech, big technological innovations. Government plays a huge role 
in in building businesses and facilitating investment in in the United States. She said, stop listening to the rhetoric. And but if you look at what they do, they are a model. Like we, when you need to build something quick, the Americans, you know, that model works you know, can, can work that. pretty well. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we're seeing today. No doubt. So well, look, I, I, Martin, this has been a, a fascinating. And one of the reasons I like uh, talking to uh, you know, comp- CEOs of companies like yours is because I mean, you know, if I talk to an economist at the at the academic level, you know, we're talking about national trends, national policies. That's one thing. But to talk to somebody who's actually writing checks, you know, as to build plants and to and to employ people as and responding to the market signals uh, that are created by the energy transition is an entirely different thing altogether. And so I really appreciate your your insights. You're very welcome. This has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for this.